Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Football Live. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Aaron Torres here in the Los Angeles Tire Rack studios. Jason Martin. In our Nashville studios, hope everybody driving around here on a Saturday night, wherever you're listening to us, shout out to my guy Drew in Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9 listening right now. Jason Martin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm sitting here about to talk sports with you, including a couple of exciting football games tomorrow, Uh, and we got the Royal Rumble on. On one of my screens in here, so I'm 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 living it up today. This is a fun day. It is a fun day. It's a fun weekend, Jason. I'll tell you this. Um, so a lot uh, of fo- a lot of football to get to. Uh, we do have obviously the AFC NFC Championship games tomorrow. Before we get to that, it, it isn't often in the lead up to the biggest weekend of the year to date, and and every weekend gets increasingly bigger as the uh, as the winter goes on here. It's not often that I would want to, or you would want to, or any of us would want to lead with the NBA, not because the NBA is not awesome and fun and all that, but it is uh, football season at this time. But I bring it up because I was listening to Martin and VJ just a minute ago, and of course, you know, been monitoring the news all week. And so we'll get to the, the games tomorrow here momentarily. Do want to start with the NBA, though, Jason? (laughs) Yeah, because they just do it on the floor, don't they? Well, listen. Let's just talk about the drama on the floor. Here's the problem, Jason, okay? Every single time 
that we talk NBA and you say anything, not you, but but we say anything negative. Oh, you guys just hate the NBA. Blah, 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 blah. It's like sometimes you guys just do it to yourself, man. All right, so for people who missed this story, and I know Martin VJ just talked about it, so I'm guessing you probably know the basics, but this is the first Saturday without football since August, Jason, okay? Credit to the NBA because they put a few matchups that everybody would want to watch on a day when there is no football. Uh-huh. Right now, we have Lakers in Golden State facing the Warriors. Before this, we had a matchup that on paper, if you are a casual NBA fan that hasn't watched as much because we've had wall-to-wall football for the past six months, this is the kind of game that you would want to get behind because it featured the reigning NBA MVP, Joel Embiid, against the reigning NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Hey, man, this is the last three MVP winners because Jokic won back-to-back and this, then Embiid Jason? won last year. I didn't realize this until you know I started doing my prep work this afternoon. You know these guys have finished 1-2. How about that? Mm-hmm. They finished 1-2 in each of the last three uh, 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 MVP races. So I'm beating around the bush. But let's just get to it, because this was a game that everybody wanted to see. Everybody was excited about. Patrick and uh, Lorena, have the sound ready to go here. We'll get to it in just a moment. But this is the, the, the game that everybody wanted to see. Remember, by the way, late last year when Embiid was making a push towards that MVP, uh, late in the season after March Madness, I remember it was early April, they went to Denver, Joel Embiid didn't play. Well, coming off uh, a game about, what, five, six days ago where he put up 70, Embiid comes out, Embiid goes through warm-ups, and then right as the game's about to start, we find out that Joel Embiid is not going to play the Denver Nuggets fans. Let Joel Embiid hear it. Patrick plays the sound. That was, if you could not hear it driving around, where's Embiid at the crowd chanted, Jason? Listen, so Mike Malone was asked about this after the game, and he did say, like, you know, we need to address it. He wasn't on the injury report. He did say, hey, look, it was obvious that he he tweaked something, you know, was a little bit banged up. They played in Indianapolis a day or two after Embiid scored 70. But, Jason, we don't want to pick on the NBA. We don't want to be the bad guys. We don't want to be the ones always talking negatively about the NBA. But they bring this stuff themselves on Jason, Joel Embiid, nationally televised game, reigning MVP versus reigning MVP runner-up and reigning NBA champions, does not play. I have spoken enough. The floor is yours. The the only thing that I want to make sure of is that we don't say he's ducking a guy or anything like that. It's just really – there's a convenience here, and conspiracy theory guy is going to be conspiracy theory guy in these moments. But this is the fourth year in a row that Embiid has not played in Denver Unbelievable. when the Sixers have played the Nuggets. The fourth time in a row. He was warming up for this game. And then he had discomfort in his left knee, that's the report, and they scratched him 30 minutes before tip. That's a little odd, a little bit strange. 
Now, again, is he ducking Jokic? No, because they played 11 days ago or 16 days ago. It was. it was back on January the 16th. I've got it in front of me now. Sixers won it 126-121. to 121. Embiid had 41-10. and 10. So it's not like he's not good. It's not like he's ducking Jokic. Jokic had 25 and 19 in that game. They're good friends. I remember uh, Embiid raising Jokic's hand and saying, you're the best player in the world. Like, all the, like this is fodder for everybody else. It's less about Embiid here. Embiid, by the way, has missed 11 of 44 games already this year. If he misses six more, he's not eligible for any awards because of the new rules. So that's something to keep in mind because this is a guy who has struggled with health throughout his career. I don't want to call him soft. I don't want to call him weak. I do want to say that there is something to the idea that you're on national television on a day where you don't have the competition that you've been used to since the start of your season. This is as marquee an on-court matchup as you can have. No, it's not the two biggest stars in the game. It's not the two biggest drawing cards in the game, but it's what you got and it's two guys that you want to shine as much as possible, and you want to make it important. And on that day, you had Tyrese Maxey already out of the game. He he had a sprained ankle going in, so he didn't play. You had uh, Tobias Harris with an illness, so he doesn't play. And then 30 minutes before, you tell us, oh, Embiid's also just been scratched. So this telecast becomes useless. I don't care how close the game is or whatever. As soon as you find out Embiid's out, I think the vast majority of the audience probably tuned out pretty quick, especially if they tuned in early and saw the 13-4 run to open the game. And then you got the chant that we played the audio of a couple of minutes ago. I don't know. I mean, if Embiid's legit hurt, I don't want to see him risk it and get hurt. So I don't want to cast any kind of aspersions on him. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just awfully convenient, and this is the kind of thing you never, ever see happen in the NFL. Even though the NFL is so violent and guys get hurt all the time, you never see guys drop 30 minutes before the game out of nowhere, especially in scenarios like this. It's just a very – it's hard to say and hard to see it. Aaron as anything but an extremely NBA moment. So this is the NBA going full NBA in 2024. After is, you score 70, you're out is, because of knee that, tightness in warmups. And that's the other thing is like it, you know like so obviously look nobody wants anybody to play through injury especially no. in January, but I I I do think like this is to me I think the NBA's biggest problem. Is not not even players missing games and whatever. I think it is just a complete lack of awareness by their stars of like the like the responsibility that these guys have. Like like this is the thing that drives me crazy about the modern athlete. I know we're gonna do the whole like oh we sound like the old grumpy guy on sports talk radio talking about oh the back in my day, but it's like I do think you do sort of have an obligation if you are and it's not like show up every single like a a child paid for tickets like that's not what I'm saying what I am saying is though listen we can duck around it or we can acknowledge the fact that ratings have essentially gone down for the last five six seven years whatever it is blah 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 it's not the league isn't where it was where it wants to be whatever and I do think there is like, and I feel like there's like a little bit of an obligation to sit there and say, you know what, this isn't a Tuesday in Charlotte when we're just on the local TV stage. This is a national TV stage 
against uh, uh, the reigning NBA champs. As you said, I just scored 70, so I've been in the headlines. So the people that have been checked out on the NBA, that that have been locked in on football, maybe you're tuning in because they're like, wow, Embiid's maybe taking it to another level this year. Like, one, again, I'm not saying that, like, I expect you to play if you can't walk. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't know. It's just like this is, is like you said, it's so NBA because – this is just such a moment where you can where you can have a moment. This is such a moment where you can have a moment. There's no football, nothing's on. You know, obviously I, I love college hoops, but I don't know how many other people are watching random college hoops on a Saturday in January. It's like the stage is yours, national TV game, reigning NBA MVP. By the way, this is also your chance to kind of make a statement, uh, you know, in, in your pursuit of a second straight MVP. I think that's the thing is like, It's weird to say, like, he has, like, an obligation, but I feel like you sort of have an obligation to this league as one of the faces of the league in a nationally televised game. Am I crazy for saying that, Jace? No. Again, and I don't know if if he was legit hurt. I mean, yes, you could certainly get hurt in warm-ups and all this. It's just (laughs) the optics are bad. And the recency in the NBA of load management and the guys that have missed crucial moments for the NBA when it comes to what they're doing on television, it has always given off the vibe. And maybe it's always been true, but it was just covered up a lot better. And maybe it's true in every sport. Maybe we flatter ourselves. It just comes across publicly like the stars don't care about their audience at all. Like they're they're just it's completely yes, irrelevant to I'm them, yeah. and and I and I get it to some degree they are the stars, but if there's nobody watching them, then it doesn't matter how good they are at what they do, and you just don't see this happen a whole lot in other sports. I remember we had John Morosi on during the baseball season towards the end, and of course I was asking eight trillion Braves questions because look that's what I do, and he said one of the great things about the Braves is you go see them any day. You're going to see Acuna. You're going to see all of their stars. You're going to see Austin Riley. You're going to see Matt Olson. You're going to see them all play. Now, that's not always going to be true with every baseball team or whatever, but it just seems to be so much more rare to to to, to feel comfortable about buying a ticket uh, when it comes to the NBA, like if I I feel like I couldn't buy a ticket to an NBA game because even if I think it's going to be a superstar, it might not be. It might be the wrong day. It might be after a after a back to back. It might be knee tightness or something. Who knows what it is? It's just this is the league where this always this kind of thing always happens. And the fact that it's Embiid and Jokic for the second year in a row is incredibly frustrating. Second year in a row. It's a, it's fourth year in a row. Uh, but, Second year on a Saturday in prime time on ABC. Yes. By the way, I would add this really quick, and then I do want to come back and kind of continue this conversation because it's 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 an interesting dilemma to me. Is I I do think um, it's not just buying a ticket. Like me as a consumer, um, it's why I know I can only speak for myself, and I know the NBA guys can say, "Oh, the league's never been healthier." Whatever. Listen, there, there's no real metrics that reflect that. Uh, whatever. I bring it up because. It's not only it's not only why tickets or whatever. It's also why the ratings are going down, Jason. Because listen, if three, four, five years ago, if I know this game is going on and I know it's a standalone window, there's no real other sports going up head to head against it. 
I sit there and say, okay, I got to carve this out because on Fox Sports Radio, we might talk about it because who knows? But now it's like, I don't even bother to tune into these games because I don't know who is playing and who's not. I'll tell you what, Jason, I want to come back and I want to continue this conversation because it's really interesting. And and I think there's another layer to it to discuss. Joel Embiid deciding to sit out moments before facing the Denver Nuggets today. Uh, we will continue the conversation on that. should mention everybody. Shortly after the show, our podcast is going up live. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to also follow, rate, and review the podcast. Again, just search Fox Sports Radio whenever you get your podcast, and you'll see this show posted right after we get off air. Plenty more coming up. Embiid versus Jokic, the game that wasn't. We'll discuss that next. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Air Tours, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Bordop Lorraine asked me what song we should play coming out of the break, Jason. It's good. Steve Miller Band. Well, it's Steve Miller Band, but it's Take the Money and well, Run. I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I know. And for people who missed it before the break, Jason, we were talking about Joel Embiid, reigning MVP. 
70 points the other day. Deciding about five minutes before tip-off that he would not play against the Denver Nuggets. Um, so we talked about this to, to lead the show, and uh, you know we, we got a lot of other stuff to get to. There's two pretty big NFL games here tomorrow. I want to ask you a question, though, Jason. Is again, I want to reiterate: nobody expects people to play through injuries if it's not safe for them to play. But I, I just have a simple question. You know, do you believe? Do you feel? Like, do you think NBA players or, or athletes in general? Do you think there is? And, and I think NBA. I think the NBA is the perfect kind of example of this, right? Of the NFL. Listen, there's only 17 regular season games. Guys are going to play because you know they they kind of have to, right? Like you know, there's only it's such a small sample size, whatever. But the NBA. You have a situation where obviously, look, ratings are down. We know all that. We've talked about it. Everybody, everybody's talked about it. Whatever. But I just bring it up because do you believe that NBA players have sort of an obligation in a big game like this? Like, like, like you know, we used to hear all the time, like, like Larry and Magic back in the day. Like, and this was a million years ago. I get it. It was a different time and place. But it was like we heard that like Larry and Magic felt like they had an obligation to do what was best for the league to help it grow. And I look at a situation like today where it's like, again, this isn't a Tuesday in, you know, it's not a Tuesday against Charlotte at home. This is a nationally televised game in a window where, um, in a window where you basically have the reigning MVP against the reigning MVP runner up, reign, reigning MVP versus the reigning NBA champs. Um, and it's a standalone game at a time when there's no football, and this is a time where the NBA needs to try and capture an audience. Again, not saying that Joel Embiid should play if he is physically unable, but I also feel like there's kind of an obligation to go out there and do your best if you're physically able to do it. What do you think about that, Jason? Okay, so during the break I was looking for just some other, anything else I could find on this story, and one thing that has been reported in numerous places, Embiid did not say, I can't play. Yes. The medical staff and the trainers watched during the warm-ups, didn't like what they saw, and they said no. And they pulled him out of the game. I just wanted to make that point clear before we go any further. Also, last year when he missed the game, it was coming off of him playing 11, no, sorry, 13-game streak where he hadn't missed a game. It wasn't off a of back-to-back. But and... real quick, though, real quick, though, again, obligation. Why? Why? No, does I, it I understand all that. I'm but, just but, saying but, this is the same thing as last. Year. I'm, I'm. Well, wait. I'm just. My my background is just this. Last year it wasn't on a back to back. It was 13 games that he played in a row, and then he missed that game. This year, I think it was six in a row, and again not off a of back to back. I'm saying this is the same circumstance as last year, where it wasn't like he played last night and then didn't play. He actually did have the day off, and he still didn't play. The obligation to go, I mean, if you get shut down, you get shut down. But if Embiid told them, no, I want to go, I'm sure I'm sure they would have let him go. Exactly. The other piece of this story is that Embiid, who did come down to the court to say something to, Embiid, to uh, Jokic at the end of the game, apparently after they beat them a couple of weeks ago, he said to him after the game, see you in two weeks. Joel mm-hmm. said that to Jokic. So he kind of trash-talked him a little bit, friendly, but trash-talked him, and then wasn't able to go. All of this is just, it's a bad look, and what you're saying is not wrong. 
in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion. Like, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I completely agree. I also just want to make sure that we are looking I – want, I, I want to try and find the benefit of the doubt for Joel Embiid here because maybe I'm not, like, driven to do it usually. And it's just like, well, there's got, maybe there's a rationale here, all of this. It is terrible for the NBA, though. From a business perspective, that's the worst possible thing that you could have had in that window on television when you had the potential for a massive audience, especially if those two guys came to play. So that that to me is the is the larger issue. No, 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 and and, and that all makes sense. And and two quick things on that is one, you know that that what you said about last year is kind of my point. Is and, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but why I bring it up is because. It's proving my point is that if he had played 13 games in a row last year, and I know last year doesn't equate to this year. I get all that. But you can't do the 14th or you couldn't have taken off the 11th or the 12th knowing late in the year that like it's just you know it's just it's just such a lack of self-awareness by the way i should mention we have actually a great game featuring stars on the court right now lakers warriors is in overtime to say you'll get you the update on that momentarily nice to see by the way steph clay lebron and ad are all in that game but i i guess it's just one of those like and and by the way like I, i've been critical of adam silver but you know, credit to to the league. They have tried to get guys on the court. You mentioned the fact that you have to play 65 games uh, to be eligible for the NBA MVP. So they're trying their best, but it's just like I, I just look at it and I just think it is such a bad look. And I, I just I think there has to be a better way, a different way. And I, I just think maybe as we're talking it out, maybe there just has to be a self awareness from the team, from the medical staff, from the player, as you said, Jason. Um, you know, if he wanted to play, I'm. You know, I don't think Nick Nurse would would force him to if he didn't want to. But if he wanted to play, I don't think the medical staff is going to. You know, uh, uh, we're not going to overrule Joel Embiid. Not in that situation, unless it's like clearly he shouldn't play. But if he's actually warming up and they're just like, hmm, he doesn't look all that good, and then he sports a, and then it said in the in the article I was reading at Yahoo during the break that he was limping badly after the game. It's like, man, that thing got real bad real fast then, didn't it? It did. By the way, they play at Portland on Monday. I mean, you know, can you not trot him out there? I don't know. I I'm, I, don't I almost wanna... I almost feel like I'd sit him out on Monday, Just no matter better, what, yeah. so that this whole thing doesn't feel like, well, the one game he missed just happened to be against the Nuggets. But again, you hold him out, then he can only miss five more, and he is a guy that has had health issues dating back to the end of his college career, and that's always been one of the things to worry about, especially when you get to the playoffs. Maybe he's going to miss a pretty crucial game. I, I that I don't know that you can afford to, to hold him out unless he absolutely has to be, even if you could beat a not great Portland team without him on Monday night. The only last thought I have, because I do want to get to DeSager, um, you know, says we're talking conspiracy theories for straight time that he has not played in Denver. I do wonder, like, if there's something with maybe the altitude or something. Yeah, it could be. You know, like, like I was thinking about that is maybe the knee is always sore because it's just so different than any other place that you play. I don't know, but I do understand why NBA fans are mad and why Denver Nuggets fans largely kind of mocked him. I mean, we played the sound earlier. We don't have to play it again right now. But but Denver fans were chanting, where is Embiid? Uh, the insinuation being that Denver fans, and fan is short for fanatic, believe that De- uh, Joel Embiid is ducking the two-time MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic. 
get to the segment momentarily. Before we do, did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. When we come back, we will get to uh, two pretty big games tomorrow. You may have heard of them. NFC Championship, AFC Championship game. We break them down next. Before we do, though, let's toss to the news desk. DeSager, what's up, man? Hi. What's that smile on your face? What are you so excited about? Well, it's two things are going on at the same time. We've got an absolute thriller of an NBA game happening right now. Final minute of overtime. Lakers only up one at Golden State. And then for those who are unaware of what the NBA ratings have been this past week, we had a true apples-to-apples apples comparison Thursday night. South Carolina LSU, baby! We had on one cable channel regular season women's basketball and another cable channel, the TNT NBA doubleheader, the usual Thursday night. South Carolina at LSU got 1.5 million viewers. NBA got under 1.4 million for Celtics. See, Heat. J-Mart, you you chuckled. You thought I was just poking at women's basketball. They outrated no, the NBA. No, so I that. didn't. I actually, oh. I'm actually not surprised that, that, that it turned out to be true. I did at first think it was a joke, and I was like, wait a second, I bet that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sure enough, yes, it is. And the late game with Golden State that night, also under 1.4 oh, wow. million. Views. You said Celtics Heat. So, I mean, that's those are two pretty big markets. Yeah. Two solid basketball teams, one of them coming off a pretty decent trade, and you still got women's college hoops in January beating them on a Thursday. That's kind of embarrassing. And then TNT has a Tuesday night doubleheader, and that included Lakers-Clippers. It was one of the lowest-rated Lakers games on national TV so far this year. It was $1.3 million. And the game before that on Tuesday, TNT had Knicks-Nets, and that was under 1 million viewers. Oof. The NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, and this was reported before tonight's telecast is finalizing a contract extension that's expected to take him through the end of the decade silver nearing his 10th anniversary as commissioner is quote according to Woj, on course to pursue the league's next set of major objectives a new media rights deal and league expansion now as for the great game at golden state tonight the lakers are now leading 130 to 127 over the warriors in the last 30 seconds of the ot I do not think LeBron James is close to 40 years old because of games like this. He has 30 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists. The other late game has seven seconds to go at Dallas. Kings holding on 118-115 over the Mavericks. Luka Doncic with a triple-double, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 17 assists. Luka Doncic for Dallas last night scored 73 points at Atlanta. Kyrie Irving of the Mavs out again this evening with a sprained thumb. San Antonio upset Minnesota 1-3. 13-112. Minnesota had entered with a record of 32-13. and Victories for Utah and Milwaukee. Wins for Brooklyn and Denver, as you mentioned, which only beat Philadelphia 111-105. Philly was missing its top three scores, including Joel Embiid out with the sore knee. Brooklyn 106-104 winners against Houston. Cam Thomas scored 37 points. Washington won at Detroit 118-104. The Pistons record is 5-40. And, and New York got 32 points from Jalen Brunson in a win over Miami 125-109. The Knicks have won six straight. Miami's lost six in a row, but New York's Julius Randle left with a dislocated shoulder 
after a fall. In the NHL, Edmonton won its 16th straight game. Beat Nashville 4-1. to Boston and Buffalo with wins. Dallas won in overtime. Florida won in overtime. College hoops, number six, Kentucky, a winner at Arkansas tonight, 63-57. Iowa State beat number seven, Kansas, today, 79-75. Mississippi State upset number eight, Auburn, today, 64-58. And we do have coaching news as far as assistance in the NFL. Officially today, the Eagles did announce their new defensive coordinator is veteran Vic Fangio. Tonight, Philadelphia, which had interviewed Charger offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, is expected to hire Moore to that post. And the Atlanta Falcons' new offensive coordinator is Zach Robinson from the Rams staff. Update, Clay Thompson, three-pointer, ties the game at Golden State against the Lakers, 130-130, to six seconds left. Steph Curry has 36 points in this game, by the way. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. We'll keep you updated on Lakers, Clippers, and obviously get back to the NBA at some point. But, Jason, uh, we have not spoken since the – NFC and AFC championship games have become official. Uh, We'll give our official picks in the final hour. That'll be a little bit after 1 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. One big thing. You can pick either game. What are you most looking forward to out of either game? You know what? Let's start with this. AFC championship game. Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. That's the first one. What what is the single biggest storyline in your opinion about that game? Can somebody keep Patrick Mahomes out of a Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, that, that's that to me is the story. Like, is, is this it more, Lamar's moment? Yeah, can you, I, it, I think it's still more about defeating the Goliath that's of ask. the past half decade than it is about Lamar yet. If Lamar dethrones him, it becomes about Lamar. But you think about what happened last week with the Bills and how long they circled that potential game coming back and then how it ends they still get beaten Mahomes still finds a way there and you've got Kansas City's defense again kind of popping up at the right time doing cool things doing good things and now you look here tomorrow is Baltimore and most specifically is Lamar Jackson ready to take that step and beat that quarterback who when they have to have him, he just won't let him lose. He'll find a way. It doesn't matter. He'll make one more play than you do. And I, I, regular season, past records, anything you want to throw out doesn't mean anything to me because Patrick Mahomes at this point, until, until you see otherwise, you almost have to assume he's going to win until he loses. So to me, it's still the storyline of – is Patrick Mahomes going to find his way into another Super Bowl in a year where you look at their offense and you're just like, how is this even possible? Are we watching the greatest player ever? So it's interesting because I I do think there is an element of that. And I do think, obviously, if they were to win, um, it was funny while you were talking, I was thinking, like during college football season, we did a lot of, this is Nick Saban's best coaching job, and it was because of the adversity he overcame and probably not his most talented roster, whatever. I bring it up because, obviously, I think this would be the Chiefs, in some ways, probably their most impressive run, whether they get there or not, just because of everything they overcame. I will say I do kind of disagree with you, though. I I, I, I think the story to me is a little bit of what you said, but is it Lamar's moment? Because I also think if, if Baltimore doesn't win – 
Now, assuming it's not a 38-35 shootout where both teams are unbelievable offensively, and I don't think it will be because these are two of the best defenses in the league, I unfortunately think the questions are going to continue to remain around Lamar Jackson. And so, um, uh, you know, listen, I, I think they're both – they're two pretty complete teams, and I and I, I always hate – that it comes down to to the quarterback questions and like even after last week, right? The Bills lose on on a field goal that that could have obviously uh, changed the trajectory of that game, but the questions are about Josh Allen. The questions are about um, you know his place compared to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes gets gets the best from three for a third time in four playoffs. So I just look at it like that: is that like if the Chiefs lose, like if the Chiefs win, then yes, it's an incredible story, but if they lose, we kind of have not expected them to make this run and so I do kind of feel like if they win it'll be an incredible story on one side but I also do still feel like it will be a lot of conversation about um about Lamar being unable again to get his team to the promised land uh this time around yeah I mean I think that's right it it certainly will and it is about Lamar But I think that oftentimes we get caught up in what's new and we forget about what's been there for a while, but what continues to be great. Until David hits Goliath with the slingshot, it's still kind of about Goliath. That's Mm. who you're paying attention to. But what Um, if Goliath is Goliath, though? Well, I mean, but he is. That's the thing. But is Um, he? I mean, I watched yeah. the lose to the Raiders at home on Christmas I don't Day. Care about the, I, don't, I don't care about that, though. Like, I don't – play off Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how how much do we have to see? How many times do I have to foolishly pick against him like I did last week? And he still finds a way because he's just that special. He's just different. Tomorrow might be Baltimore's day because Baltimore's defense and the way that they rush the passer reminds me a little bit of what Tampa Bay did to them in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. If the offensive line can't hold up, uh, then it might be an ugly day for him. But that guy, there's something different about him and the way guys play. And, And right on time, Travis Kelsey had the game we hadn't seen in like half a season from Travis Kelsey, right on time. In the moment where they had to have him, there he was. He and Mahomes, like they had done it forever because they kind of have. And I think that's what it is. It's, yes, Lamar, it could be, this could be the moment for Lamar. It could be. But until further notice, that league belongs to Patrick Mahomes and has now for years, even though he lost the Super Bowl along the way. There have been a lot of guys that have come around, just like there were a lot of challengers for Tiger Woods, but Tiger still won a whole lot of majors, and those guys would then fall by the wayside. Last year it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. This year the Eagles are nowhere to be found. It's just that way. So I, to, until further notice, the league, when Patrick Mahomes is involved, it's still about Patrick Mahomes. If Lamar beats him, then you've got a rivalry and you've got something to look at for the future that is not Allen and Mahomes. It's Lamar and Mahomes. But that has to be on Lamar's shoulders tomorrow to change that narrative because this is Patrick Mahomes' NFL right now. Tell you what, Jason, you just said something very interesting, uh, and I'll tell you what, we'll come back and we'll discuss it. Uh, because we got two big ones on Sunday, and there is a lot to still discuss. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin on a busy Saturday night, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Keeping you updated on the late NBA game where all the stars are playing. Anthony Davis, LeBron. One. Yeah, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond all on the court in double overtime. Golden State up 141-139 with... Under a minute to go. We will obviously keep you updated once that goes final. By the way, Lakers just took a three to take the lead with 50 seconds left. D'Angelo Russell getting a lot of scorn here in Los Angeles. Big three. Big three. So before the break, Jason, we were talking about that uh, AFC championship game, and we'll get to the NFC later in the show. want to ask you really quick. You know, you, you mentioned... Like we were talking about all the different variables and what could happen and what it would mean and all that, and you kind of mentioned something in passing. Um, Lamar being obviously, if he were to win this game, is he the true? Um, is he the true rival, if you will, of of Patrick Mahomes, if such a thing even exists? I bring it up because obviously, look, this is a conversation that's about four or five days old, but I still think it's worth having. I think it's worth having up until this individual team and player proves us wrong. But where are you at on the Buffalo Bills, who who obviously, um, I don't know that they were ever like totally in control of that game last week, but we, we've been trying to make Josh Allen a thing forever. And I, I don't think they lost necessarily because of him. I mean, I, no. I, 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 but second straight loss at home in the divisional round. Third time in four years that they lost at Case or lost to KC in the playoffs, and I'll say this too, Jason. You said something interesting last week. Um, 
in previewing that game where you where I think you said in passing that you expected Sean McDermott to be let go if if Buffalo did lose this game. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll give you the floor. But I, I could just tell you, my biggest takeaway this entire playoffs, I'm done with you mentioned you mentioned picking against Patrick Mahomes. I'll do the yeah. opposite. I'm done picking the Buffalo Bills to do anything meaningful in the playoffs. I'm just over them. I'm over this group. I love Josh Allen. I don't blame him. It's not his fault that he has to do every single thing, run the ball, pass the ball, throw the ball. I'm just so over the Bills. What was your takeaway from the Buffalo perspective coming out of that game last week? I mean, it's similar. Um, And when you start talking, I don't want to divert from your question. I would just quickly say, when you're talking about the rival for Mahomes, I guess really right now it's still Joe Burrow. Because Burrow beat him got to the Super Bowl in year two. And then, of course, last year you kind of had that controversial ending where it could have gone either way. So those guys have kind of jockeyed back and forth. Um, but for Buffalo. And then I saw I saw a lot of stuff after the fact that said, hey, you know, they are not going to get rid of Sean McDermott. Okay, cool story. Um, that's fine. Diggs is getting older, and he doesn't seem to be – it doesn't seem to be the same as it was. Now, they were really hurt going into this game in terms of injuries, but everybody's got injuries, and it never becomes an excuse uh, in the NFL, especially in the postseason, because everybody is dealing with something. But eventually you got to get it done, or I'm going to stop believing you can. And I've said that about James Harden before. I've said that and there's another guy I might be saying that about, actually, before the end of this show, when we start talking about coaching in the NBA just to throw a tease out there. Hmm. But you look at this Bill's brain trust, there's just something, something just, I don't know if they're snake bit. I don't know if they're cursed. I don't know what it is. But this was a game where in the fourth quarter, you were just waiting to see how Buffalo was going to find a screw it up. And honestly, if Kansas City doesn't hand the ball to McCole Hardman, after they were running it, if they had just kept handing it to Pacheco, they'd have gotten in the end zone on that play. So I, I kind of am with you. I, I bought into them one last time, and I did the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. No more. Not until not until I see more. And right now, there's just not enough. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. By the way, the late NBA game is actually it's it's a it's a fantastic finish. Lakers up two. 12 seconds left. Uh, Golden State is inbounding the ball. Double overtime, by the way, as uh, the Lakers trying to survive in Golden State. They do go ahead and foul Steph Curry. They did have a foul to give. Tell you what, Jason, we'll come back uh, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the coaching carousel stuff. Jim Harbaugh might be my neighbor. We'll see here in Los Angeles. Obviously, I think also the very interesting thing as well. Uh, no Bill Belichick in the NFL, it looks like, next year. So, a lot more NFL, plus the NFC Championship game, plus the end of this Warriors-Lakers game. Uh-oh. Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Hour two, Torres and Martin Fox Sports Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. As the Sager just told you, the Lakers do hold on in double overtime. LeBron, pair of free throws late to give them the win. This after a late Steph Curry bucket. Jason, I'll say this really quick, because I do want to get to another Los Angeles story because the Chargers have a new head coach. I think this 
Lakers-Warriors game is part of what has me so frustrated about the Joel Embiid situation earlier today. Because at its best, people say, oh, Torres, Jason, I don't know I don't know if they say about both of us, but they say about me, oh, you only you, you only say negative things about the NBA. You hate the NBA. No, man. I love the NBA. And NBA basketball at its best, these guys are insanely skilled, insanely gifted, and I just want to see the best players play as often as possible. Not saying that if Joel Embiid couldn't walk, he should have been playing, but it is a little bit disappointing. Four straight year that Joel Embiid does not play in Denver in a national TV game, and then you counter that with the excitement of a 145-144 finish in which Steph Curry has 46, LeBron has 38, it goes to double overtime, I don't know if that correlation makes sense, Jason, but that's part of what has frustrated me about Joel Embiid or about the Joel Embiid news today is NBA basketball at its best is awesome and you just want to see the best players as often as you can. Yeah, and especially when you have a matchup like that, you want to you actually want to see it. And sometimes you don't get it. I mean, if you look at the NFL season this year, you had a lot of starting quarterbacks go down and you ended up with backup on backup matchups and all sorts of things, maybe more so than we've ever seen, especially at that position. But when it comes to the NBA, these guys are stars in kind of a different way. Like NFL quarterbacks are big time stars, but NBA players are almost celebrities in a lot of ways when they are when they are out front. And the main reason why is because they're not wearing helmets. You see their emotions. You, you can actually see them talking on the floor. You can recognize them because, again, you actually can see them. And as such, you have a lot of ways that you can market the sport differently. But if you go back to the 80s, there was still – I remember my grandfather saying things like, you know, I don't really pay attention until the playoffs. Because sure. they don't try in the regular season. That was always the knock on the NBA back in the 80s, back in the 90s. But I still remember those stars. I remember so many guys' names. And right now, in January, you have this moment to put two of your marquee guys out there and build it up. It was rivalry week. This is the culmination. You've got the triple header on national television. Everybody can see it. And then you don't get it. That middle game becomes an afterthought, regardless of whether it ended up being close, which it did. Um, it still wasn't a very entertaining product. It wasn't a product that was enticing to an audience. Once you found out he wasn't part of it, it's like, okay, well, I can tune out of this. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it is. And that is the kind of thing you can't have, especially when you're getting beat on Thursday night in the ratings by women's college basketball in January, not even the NCAA tournament. Yes, it's a good matchup. South Carolina LSU, that's a great basketball matchup. That should not be beating NBA basketball on TNT, which has been an institution on cable television forever and is a sport that has superstar after superstar. You're still having trouble marketing your league on a week-to-week basis to the vast majority of the sports-watching public. And that is a problem because, to your point, it is great to watch when everybody's playing, and especially when they're dialed in. I'm having a blast this year as a Thunder fan after a few lean years. It's a lot of fun to watch my squad right now, It sure. is, it, and I'm watching a lot of it. But at the same time, I don't get to talk about NBA with a whole lot of people in my circle because they're just not engaged Mm-hmm. And that's an NBA 100%. problem. That's not a them problem. No, 100%. And, and I think that's a great point is that I still think 
there are, you know, there are still conversations about the NBA, but but I just, yeah, I'm with you. Is that um, in my casual circles uh, this week, it was a lot of, you know, what's wrong with Josh Allen? Will the Bills ever get over the hump? You know, I can't believe Jerry did it. Uh, Belichick, who we'll get to next segment, and uh, you know, not a lot of. Uh, and by the way, maybe maybe a little bit of Embiid after after that seventy point performance. Also, what made tonight disappointing? Jason, let let let's switch gears back to the NFL though, because you know the news that that we have been essentially wait. I, I mean, I think we've basically been waiting on it since before the college football season ended. But Jim Harbaugh is officially off to the NFL. Uh, as of late last night, Sharon Moore was named his replacement at Michigan. I believe both had opening press conferences today. Um, but what I would say about it is, you know, listen, this is still a huge story, but it has to be one of the least surprising uh, results ever. I mean, uh, we we have been speculating that Jim Harbaugh is probably going to leave for the NFL. I, I kept saying, um, you know, he's had that contract on his desk since before Christmas. The fact that he didn't sign it, it was clear that he was going to look at his options. It felt like the Chargers he was always tied to. Now, I give the Chargers a little bit of credit because I was a guy on, on these airwaves saying, you know, they were paying Brandon Staley $4 million a year. Uh, Harbaugh's got a contract on his desk for twelve five at Michigan. Uh, Chargers better pony up the dough. Well, they do. They get Jim Harbaugh. I have a lot of thoughts, but first, want to hear what you have to say about the big NFL news of the week. So I got a text from my dad yesterday that just said, well, you were right on Jim Harbaugh. I remember I'd said that a few weeks ago. And I was just like, well, the text I really want to send you back is, right, but I've been wrong on like 75% of the playoff games so far, sure. so I guess it's all balancing out. Um, I was right on Saban. I ended up being right on, on Belichick, and I'm right on Harbaugh. And good for the Chargers, right? I agree. Like, go ahead and pony up and bring in the guy. And and let's see what he can do with your Wonderkin quarterback. Give it all the chance in the world to work. Finally pony up, step up to the plate, and make a big-time move. And I, the reason why I, I just, reading between the lines and listening to what they were saying, it just felt like they wanted to prove they were willing to spend mm-hmm. money for a change. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that was part of it or not, I think it's a world-class hire. I think it's a great hire. I think it's the right time to make it. How will it work? We'll find out. But I, I, it's so exciting. And let's just throw this in for good measure. Look at the coaches in the AFC West. Sure. Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Sean Payton. That's just three of them, folks. Like, that's that's outstanding. That's going to be so much fun. And then Antonio Pierce, who earned the respect of everybody in the Raiders locker room, and honestly, a lot of us watching how his team played for him once McDaniels was out the door. You've got a lot there, but you bring in Harbaugh against Mahomes. I want to see what he can do with Herbert. There's a lot of – there's just – this is going to be great for an entertainment standpoint, but it's good to see a franchise that has talent on it that we've been able to recognize go out and do something for that talent that could actually pay dividends. That was honestly my single biggest takeaway, I would say, is that, um, you know, I, besides the fact that I'm sad that he's leaving Michigan, but ultimately I'm not surprised. I mean, we glad they made their hire, too, by the way. Agreed. Agreed. We could even touch on Sharon Moore in just a second. Um, but I think that's my biggest takeaway, Jason. And it was funny because we were just talking about the Buffalo Bills a minute ago. And I think my frustration with anyone in sports, whether it's a team, an organization, a college football, a college basketball program, an individual player, is when 
they're not putting themselves in the best position to have the best possible result, right? So you could take that in any different direction you want, right? Like 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 when 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 the potential is there for something great and there are self-inflicted reasons that they are not getting there. We just talked about it with the Bills. I I I think bringing back Sean McDermott and trying to run it back and expecting a different result next year is insanity. We've seen it over and over and over again. All you're doing is wasting another year of Josh Allen's prime. I bring it up because obviously none of us have a crystal ball. None of us know if Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert are going to end up in a Super Bowl. We don't even know uh, whatever. There's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know anything. But I bring it up because we don't know if any of that is going to happen. But by hiring Jim Harbaugh, by going out and getting the best possible guy you could in this cycle for what was the best job available... Didn't go cheap, didn't go with the coordinator, didn't go with the retread head coach that might have worked and might have not. No guarantee that Harbaugh works, but he's been to a Super Bowl, won a national championship, won every single place that he's been. You are at least doing everything you can to absolutely maximize the group that you have right now. Don't this know. Is, yeah, this go ahead. is taking. Well, sorry. Uh, this no. is taking a shot. Yes. And it's about daggone time. Like that's. That's the lasting takeaway here. Look, I'm a Denver Broncos fan, so looking at this, I'm just like, oh, man. But then I look at it from just a business perspective, a sports perspective, and for those suffering fans and everything that they've endured, especially the ones that are still in San Diego, you look at all of this and it's just kind of like, finally, this franchise is stepping up and Mm -hmm. saying, all right, we're swinging the big lumber this time. Like, we're pulling it out and we're going for the fences. And whether it works or not, this is the kind of thing you do that gets a fan base loyal behind you. And when you're in a market like L.A. and you're sitting there and you're not the talk of the town ever, you finally make a move that might change that a little bit. Like you got Sean McVay, we know he's a star. You got USC football, we know they're stars. But you look at you bring in Jim Harbaugh, all of a sudden the Chargers are going to be talked about in the L.A. Times a lot more often than they have been in the past. Because Harbaugh equals eyeballs, Harbaugh equals interest, Harbaugh equals articles, all of those kinds of things. That's what your team has been lacking, especially from the coaching perspective for I don't know how long. This was just, it was it was the right time to change the way you do business if you're the Chargers. Now, that's a really good way to put it. And again, that that's why I'm so excited. And, and I know I'm kind of just reiterating the same point I just made. But, you know, you look at somebody, again, I use the Bills, but what about the Cowboys, right? Like, why are we so mad with the Cowboys? It's like because you have a window right now with a quarterback that probably is an elite. And, and, and we've seen it now three years with Mike McCarthy. And so with, with Harbaugh, it's not only that he's going to create interest. It's that he's going to create interest for the right reasons. I mean, there there are guys... I mean, maybe maybe your guy James Harden is a perfect example of it. Is you can bring somebody in that creates a lot of interest that doesn't necessarily equate to winning. Now, James Harden has so far in with the Clippers. We'll see if that continues. But Harbaugh creates interest, but he also creates wins every single place that he goes. And so, to me, I am so excited to to see this, to see if it works, to see what it means going up twice a year against Mahomes, to see what it means going up twice a year against Sean Payton, all that. Really quickly, I, I don't, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's like an amazing takeaway on the Sharon Moore element of this. Um, you know, this is the the new world of college football. If they waited, if first of all, we like I said, we've known for a month Harbaugh's going to at least look at the NFL, if not take a job. I would hope 
that if you were going to at least uh, gauge interest from people outside the program, that that was done weeks ago. Um, But I just think in this new world of college football, where we just saw even Alabama, the gold standard and the program that has probably dealt with less turmoil than everybody, they made a coaching hire. They they went outside of the program in their case as they should have, and they had a pretty tumultuous you know week to ten days there as they transitioned mm-hmm. to the DeBoer era. So to me, this was a no brainer. Again, another one. We don't know if it's going to work, but you keep that kind of culture in place. Pretty much everything's in place. And oh, by the way, they won a lot of games without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines as well. Don't know if you have anything to add, but I, I think that was ultimately the right decision for the uh, for the uh, Michigan Wolverines. He beat Ohio State. You hire him. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it's as simple as that, really. But, I mean, this reminds me a lot of sometimes you just do – sometimes the thing that's right in front of your face is just the right thing to do. Yeah. Even if it's, like, not the sexiest move, the right move is the right move. There's no reason why Sharon Moore shouldn't have gotten this job, just like there's no reason Marcus Freeman shouldn't have got the job at Notre Dame when Brian Kelly left. It's kind of similar to me. The, the guys wanted him. They loved him. It wasn't like mass exodus from Notre Dame. When Marcus Freeman took over, what's Jerome Moore going to do? Well, he's going to keep things very similar because he was with Harbaugh for a time. He knows how things work. It's not going to be – everybody is not going to be heading to cross the Red Sea to get away from Michigan now because Jerome Moore is there. Who are you going to hire that had that kind of equity and, by the way, had a win over Ohio State under his belt and a win over Penn State? If you want to throw that one in there – also, and Harbaugh had backed him. He had told Michigan, I want him to be the guy. Like, there, this was just, there's not a great takeaway here because anything else they would have done, to me, would have been a gigantic mistake. This was just the easy, smart thing. Michigan got this right. Yeah, and I would have even understood if this, and based on the calendar, there's no way it would have, but if Harbaugh had for some reason left in December and there are actually coaches willing to move, and the portal's open for everybody. And if you if you lose a couple guys, you can replace them. That's a lot different than it is now late January. You're coming off of a national championship, and you know they're going to lose a lot of talent, but they're going to bring a lot of talent back as well. So I'm with you. I don't think there is any amazing takeaway other than, like you said, sometimes the obvious answer is the smart answer, is the right answer, and I think Michigan got it right. Fox Sports Radio, Air Tours, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. When we come back, we'll talk about the other big coaching news of the week. The coach that isn't on the move. That's right. We'll talk Bill Belichick next. Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. So before the break, we were talking about the coaching carousel. By the way, Jason, you know, I want to talk Belichick in general. Mm-hmm. Have you been surprised, though? I mean, it's not just Belichick that, that looks like he's going to be squeezed out here. Mike Vrabel's going to very likely not be hired this cycle. Uh, Pete Carroll, I thought, would get more looks. He kind of made it clear that it wasn't really his decision to leave Seattle. We'll get to Belichick in a minute, but but it, it, I, I just feel like I don't know. I I don't know. I just I I guess I'm a little bit surprised. You know, Carolina's going the coordinator route. That's not really surprising, given you know their track record with, with recent coaches. Uh, your Tennessee Titans are going young coordinator route. Uh, Falcons are going with Raheem Morris. I just thought with the big names out there, there would be a, a little bit more familiarity, I guess, with most of these candidates. Well, I mean, the Belichick thing's a different animal. And I guess the Carroll thing is, too. I mean, they're both a little bit older. But when you look at Vrabel, I, I mean, I thought he would probably get a job this cycle, and I still think maybe there's a shot. But I, at the same time, he's younger. And maybe this is a Doug Peterson situation where he'll sit away for a little while and then he'll come back into a job. And maybe he doesn't have to jump at one that's not right for him. Or maybe he's not going to be offered one. Maybe he goes and does TV. I mean, there's a lot of options for him. I know a lot of the hosts have said that this week. And, of course, that's true. Um, Rabel can take time off and come back. There's no question about that. This I'm surprised just because you would think that with his track record generally that someone would bring him in. But it hasn't played out that way thus far. I think he'll be back, even if it's not this year. Within the next two years, he'll be back in the league. He'll be back coaching. And I mean, as a head coach, I don't think he steps down to coordinator or anything like that. A lot of people in Nashville were flat shocked that he was let go. Um, So I think it's a different discussion talking about Vrabel than talking about the other guys. The other guys have been institutions for a long time, but that also means they've been around for a long time and the time is running out for them in terms of their viability in the coaching ranks compared to a guy like Vrabel, who I, I feel like still got a very long career in front of him if that's what he wants to do. Tell you what, Jason, I do want to talk Belichick, but what we'll do now, we'll get to DeSager a little bit early here so we can have a nice, long, uh, meaty chance to uh, discuss it all next. But DeSager, take the floor. Get us updated on everything that's going on in the world of sports right now. Everything's final in the NBA. It was a classic at Golden State. A Lakers win in double overtime, 145-144. LeBron James not only with a triple-double, 
36 points, 20 rebounds, a career high for a guy in his 21st year in the league. And he had 12 assists as well. LeBron with two late free throws to win it. Steph Curry had just made a three to give Golden State the lead. In fact, from three-point range, Curry was 9 for 22. He had 46 points in defeat. The Clippers have won five straight, eight of their last night. They won by 20 last night at Toronto. They won easily at Boston this evening, 115 to 96. Brooklyn and Utah with wins. Sacramento and Milwaukee with victories. San Antonio edged Minnesota 113-112. to That Brooklyn win was 106-104 over Houston. Washington had lost six in a row, but it got a win at Detroit 118-104. Pistons record now 5-40. New York won at sixth in a row, beating Miami, which has lost six in a row. 125-109. Jalen Brunson 32 points for the Knicks, but teammate Julius Randle left with a reported dislocated shoulder after a fall. And at Denver, it was the defending champion Nuggets edging Philadelphia 111-105. Joel Embiid of the Sixers was out tonight with a sore knee. He was a late scratch. He's already missed 11 games this season. Also out for Philadelphia, there are two other big scorers, Tyrese Maxey with a bad ankle and Tobias Harris due to illness. So the dreaded Paul Reed had 30 points in this loss for Philly. Who? That's exactly what I said. As for Philadelphia's Eagles, their new defensive coordinator is officially veteran Vic Fangio. And tonight reports that Philadelphia not only interviewed Charger offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, but Moore is expected to be hired by Philadelphia. The Atlanta Falcons' new offensive coordinator is Zach Robinson from the Rams staff. The Chicago Bears' new defensive coordinator is Eric Washington, ex of Buffalo, although head coach Matt Eberflus of the Bears is expected to still call the defensive plays. And the Patriots are expected to promote Demarcus Covington to defensive coordinator. In college hoops, number three ranked North Carolina, now 17-3, got a win at Florida State, 75-68, Tar Heels 9-0 in the ACC. Dominance at number four, Houston, in fact, led by 20 at the half against Kansas State, beat them 74-52. Houston Cougars 18-2. Fifth-ranked Tennessee won at Vanderbilt 75-62. Number six, Kentucky won at Arkansas tonight 63-57. But Iowa State, ranked 23rd, won at home against number seven, Kansas, 79-75. The Kansas Jayhawks are 4-3 in conference. Overall, Iowa State and Kansas each 16 and 4. And at Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, who were 2 and 4 in the SEC, beat number 8 ranked Auburn 64 58. As for the two games on Fox TV, number 9 Arizona, a winner at Oregon 87 78. Caleb Love 36 points. And at number 10, Illinois, home team beat Indiana 70 to 62. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve Sager. Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports. Saturday, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrec.com studios. DeSager will be back with us in about 10 minutes for his extended uh, 12.40 Eastern time update. But Jason, let's get to Belichick because um, it's interesting. I I even go back to, I remember in the fall at one point, you you took a vacation day, you know, much deserved, whatever. Uh, But I remember having Arnie Spanier in, and and Arnie lives in Vermont, and, and I remember asking him, I said, you know, if this thing keeps going sideways, like... If Belichick's a free agent, like, are we sure there's a market for him? And, of course, Arnie, because he's Arnie, thought I was crazy and it was the dumbest thing that he's ever heard. Um, 
but we did kind of talk it out and and I, I I did say like you know I thought like hypothetically if the Bears opened up and they ended up with Caleb Williams I didn't think that was a particularly good fit you kind of want a veteran team a team that 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 kind of has the pieces in place whatever um so I'm not saying that he was the perfect fit for every job or most jobs but I will be honest with, with whatever we had seven eight jobs open up this cycle. It looks like he is not going to seriously be considered. Basically, he was seriously considered for essentially one, and he, he obviously didn't get the Atlanta Falcons, which went to Raheem Morris the other day. I am a little surprised that that while I didn't think he'd be a perfect fit everywhere, uh, I'm kind of surprised. Didn't really seem to get serious consideration anywhere outside of Atlanta, Jason. What do you make of that whole situation? Yeah, I mean, when we were doing our predictions, I said Belichick in Atlanta, and that was before he had had his first interview. And you mentioned Dallas that day. And then, you know, we saw what happened to the Cowboys that came after we had this discussion. And so it looked like, I mean, that became like the rage, Belichick to Dallas. And then that was quashed very quickly when Jerry decided, nope, I'm going to keep things rolling with Mike McCarthy. And that was that. And then he had multiple interviews with Atlanta. But Atlanta felt Atlanta was doing that with a lot of guys. They had Harbaugh twice. I think they had Vrabel twice. Um, so they had a lot of guys, and then they settle on Raheem Morris. Could be a great hire. I know that he was getting all the recommendations from Sean McVay. Um, he has ties to the Falcons organization. And, you know, his first coaching, his first head coaching experience was in kind of a, a bad franchise and a bad turning point in that franchise's time period. So we'll see what he can do. Wish him the best of luck. But to the Belichick point, Belichick's strengths are now his weaknesses, I think. Because at one point, he was he was like this mastermind who had put together this unbelievable staff of coordinators, and they were winning without the best talent on the field, right? They had Tom Brady, and they had Julian Edelman, and they had Rob Gronkowski when he was healthy. And then they would have some linebacker you hadn't heard of prior to getting into the league just show up and show out, whether it was a Rob Ninkovich type or somebody like that, or even the Mike Vrabels or the Teddy Bruskies and all those guys through the years. Many times I believe the Patriots won the Super Bowl and were not the most talented team, even in their own conference, much less in the game. And Belichick got a lot of credit for that. But now, do I really want Bill Belichick putting together a full staff? When you see kind of how that's gone, I mean, Patricia just got ousted in Philadelphia. We're going to run that back. Josh McDaniels, things are not looking grand right now for him. What were we doing with Bill O'Brien? Good move, Ohio State, by the way. Just want to throw that one in there. Um, like, There's a lot of decisions that have been made with Belichick possessing a lot of control over this last stretch in New England that would give me pause. And if you sit down with him twice, as Arthur Blank did, and he lays out this case, which we've heard, um, I, I, I think it might have been Ben, ben Maller said this this week on our airways, that you know he said he was going to bring in the Patricias and all of those kind of guys. The old guard was going to come with him. That used to be, a th- yeah, you want to bring your whole staff? Bring them in. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Now it's like, uh, that's a no for me, dog. Like, it's the exact opposite of what it used to be. His strengths have become his weaknesses because we have seen the flaws and the chinks in the Belichick armor that I think were covered up, maybe more so than we thought, back when he still had 100 miles an hour on his fastball instead of 90. A few things. Um, One, I also have heard mixed things about 
his requests or demands about player personnel as well. And that that's one thing. And, and listen, it's a very cliche thing. It's not any unique or um, interesting take that I have that other people haven't had. But listen, Bill Belichick, the GM, got Bill Belichick, the head coach, fired. And yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And so I, I don't know how much he really wanted. But one, if there was... Um, if there was a desire to to have player personnel control, it's like no, no, no. We we that, that's just as you said. That, that that's a no, dog. That's a no. Um, two, yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess I guess the bottom line is, um, I am a little bit surprised. Be, but but I also think a couple things. One, there's the player personnel control. Two, there is what we saw on the field this season. Mm-hmm. Three, I think there's there's this thought that fair or not, is he really coaching because he's super passionate about it and he wakes up every day with a fire in his belly, or is he trying to catch that, that Don Shula record? Uh, only he could speak to that. But I'll also say this, too. On the opposite side, and again, we don't know what was said behind the scenes, what his expectations are, player personnel, staff control, whatever. The defense really was pretty spectacular this year, Jason. You know, like like you go through this season, and the New England Patriots. I forget the stat. What was it? They they were the first team ever. I think it was like they lost what, like four games or something like that, when mm-hmm. holding opponents under two touchdowns or something crazy like that. So the defense was still playing at an elite level. So again, maybe maybe it's just done. Maybe this is just a, a young man's sport and a young man's league, and there's no place for him. And even next year, even a year. Uh, out of football isn't going to change that, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to read you some of these some of these final scores. Lost to the the Colts ten to six. Lost to the Giants ten to seven. Lost to the Chargers six to nothing. Lost to the the Jets seventeen to three. So you just look at some of these scores. The defense was fine. The defense was not a problem. So I guess I am surprised a little bit that not not just because of the name. But because one side of the ball is largely figured out, and as I've said many times, and I still do believe, Josh McDaniels, listen, some guys are just not cut out to be head coaches. Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels is clearly one. Mm-hmm. But the last time McDaniels and and and, and Bill Bel- Belichick were together, they got 10 wins, and Mac Jones got them to the playoffs. So anyway, I'm going on and on, but I, I, just, I do think there is something to that defense was still really good. And I just feel like there must have been something behind the scenes that he was saying or doing or insinuating that turned people off. Well, let me ask you this. I, I this kind of I was just thinking about this. A lot of these jobs outside of the Chargers, who I think we all agree did exactly what they should have done. Whether it works out or not, I don't think any of us would not have made the move they made, assuming we were willing to spend the money. Or at least let's just let's say that's the case in this hypothetical world. The other jobs that were open, okay, and now we still got Seattle open, and that might be a little bit of a a change from this point that I'm making. Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, um, what what do they all have in common? No quarterback. That's right. What did New England have? No quarterback. If you're going to bring in Bill Belichick right now, especially if you question his ability to put together a team, don't you want to bring him into a situation that has a ready-made roster, especially at that position? Because he's not proven to find the guy or develop the guy. 
Brady is a complete unicorn compared to everything else that he's had. I understand Jimmy Garoppolo won games. I understand Matt Castle won games. Man, that was a long (laughs) time ago. You're going to bring him into Atlanta where I love their running back. I like a couple of their receivers. I, I think London is growing into something, and maybe Kyle Pitts, you could really unlock him. And the defense played pretty well during the year. But what are you going to do at quarterback? And who's going to be on the market for you that you're going to be able to bring in where the way Belichick is going to do his thing is going to succeed? The Chargers being a bit different, obviously, but they went a different route. And in general, I mean, Seattle's got Geno for now, but a lot of these were not good quarterback situations. And that's the one thing we have not been able to prove over the last half decade that Bill Belichick can do anything with. No, and I and I agree. And that's why I still think, and, and we'll see a year from now, one, if a job like Dallas even opens, because I'm still not sold Jerry has the you-know-what to just make the moves that he know needs to be made. Obviously, Philadelphia, as DeSager has told you uh, over the last couple hours, has really ramped up their staff with Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore coming yeah, in as those I, wanna, I, I actually have plenty to say about that, too, by the way. I'll tell you what, we'll get to it in hour three, because coming up next, DeSager, you know what, we got about a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah, I don't need much time. Go go ahead, the floor is yours. So Sirianni keeps his job, okay? You get rid of Matt Patricia, who, why you hired him is beyond me, okay? Your offensive coordinator, you get rid of him. Sirianni stays, both your coordinators are gone. You're bringing in Vic Fangio, mercenary defensive coordinator, who's had success in this league. You're bringing in Kellen Moore, fresh off of not really showing very much with the Chargers. So you're basing that on what he did in Dallas. But you're getting rid of the guys who were making a lot of the decisions for your head coach last year. And he put them in those jobs. When is it going to be on him? I know it's just been one year, and it seems like that's a rash decision. I just... I continue to believe, and I think Howie Roseman might know this now, they should have kept Steichen, not Sirianni, Hmm. of the two. And I think most Philadelphia fans would agree with that. Yeah, no, I I don't think there's any doubt. I think it's it's tough to justify coming off a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, there's no way you you can actually do that. But I will say, apparently, I missed this, but or I I don't we don't have the sound available, but. Apparently, what he was ta- Sirianni was talking about some of the coordinator changes. Uh, somebody in the press like asked him, like basically the old office space, like, "So what do you do here exactly? <laughs> what is it you say you do here?" Yeah, because beca- you know, because I mean, most guys are experts on one side of the ball. I, you know, Sirianni obviously, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so. Anyway, we'll we'll see if it works out. And and I, listen, I think I, I a lot of us agree that Steichen probably very much was the brains behind the operation. Uh, and listen, clocks on Sirianni. You know, he was able to shake. It's almost like a, a Ryan Day situation at Ohio State. Okay, we let you shake up your staff. We'll let you do what you got to do. Now it's time to win the games that matter. So, Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrec.com studios. We'll come back. Steve DeSager. With his extended update, as always, that's next, Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Air Taurus Jason Martin broadcasting. Air Taurus Jason Martin broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. As we do every Saturday into Sunday around 12.40 Eastern Time, let's toss it over the news desk. Steve DeSager, what is trending? Guys, if people are unaware of the TV ratings, they were... What do they say in the uh, TV world? Boffo for last weekend for being only the divisional round yet. Insane, yeah. yeah. Last Saturday night, we were following that Packers at 49ers divisional playoff. Fox TV got over 37 million viewers wow. for that. Saturday night is traditionally the worst night for TV ratings yep. on the TV primetime schedule. That was the largest audience for any Saturday primetime TV show in the last 30 years. Wow. Going back to Nancy Kerrigan against Tanya Harding in the Winter wow. Olympics. That was 94, right? That is correct. So, yeah, it was kind of a big number, and it just kept going all weekend. Before that, Texans-Ravens was 32 million. Now, granted, TV ratings these days do include out of home. So when you get, like, the Lions last Sunday against the Bucks, that was 40 million viewers, including out of home and streaming and then you got to chiefs at bills 50 million viewers needless to say one of the most watched nfl games before a conference championship that there's ever been and now you've got baltimore hosting kansas city for the afc crown and the city of Baltimore is going to host an AFC championship for the first time since January of 1971, when it was the Baltimore Colts beating the Oakland Raiders, and the Colts went on to win a Super Bowl. The Ravens are in this round for a fifth time since arriving in Baltimore, but they'll actually be hosting tomorrow. Baltimore, after the first round by, took care of Houston in the second half last weekend. It was 10-10 at the break, 34-10 the final. The Ravens' running backs had about 30 carries, 130 yards. This was the best running team in the league in the regular season. Most carries and by far most rushing yards. Some of those rushing yards, of course, come from the quarterback. Lamar Jackson, in what could be an MVP season for him, is the first QB to lead his team in rushing yards 
and then advance beyond the divisional round. He's hosting an AFC title game tomorrow. In fact, Jackson's led the Ravens in rushing five straight years. That's a record for a quarterback. Including his game last weekend, he now has three career playoff games with 100 yards rushing, most by any quarterback in NFL history. And he was easily voted first-team All-Pro QB. That's both conferences combined. Baltimore very much earned the number 1 seed in the AFC. Not just best rushing team, but the defense only allowed 16.5 points a game, best in the league. Baltimore only allowed six rushing touchdowns all season. They had the most sacks, 60. Their Turnover margin tied for first in the league plus 12. This has been one of the bad things for Kansas City's year, by the way. Their turnover margin was bottom five in the league in the regular season, a minus 11. So you're going to get Baltimore at home, and they have so many different ways uh, on their roster to beat you. They are good in so many areas. The odd thing to me is here they've got a kicker who's one of the best I've ever seen, Justin Tucker, and yet the Ravens' regular season. We're the only team in the league without a field goal beyond 50 yards. Mm. They hit one from exactly 50. Otherwise, they were 0 for 5 from long distance. Good news is Tucker last weekend against Houston did hit a 53-yarder. But the Ravens, against teams that finished the season with a winning record, didn't just win a lot of games. They killed team after team that finished with a winning record. They now have nine victories by 14 points or more against such opponents. No other team has ever ever had more than five of those. So it's very impressive. And this pretty much summed it up. I believe this was Associated Press that pointed this out, that these three things that the Ravens have done so well this season, they led the NFL in rushing, they averaged over 25 points a game, and the Ravens led the league in scoring defense. In the entire Super Bowl era, the only teams to do all three, the 1985 Bears and the Dolphins that were undefeated in 1972. That 85 Bears team. Yes, exactly. Could not score against them. And they could run the ball, and they could pile up some points which people don't remember. So it's just been a superb season for Baltimore. Can they get the home game Sunday and cash it in to a Super Bowl appearance? We mentioned it earlier, the Super Bowl will be in a couple weeks in Las Vegas. The next season, it'll be in New Orleans. Officially, the Ravens yesterday did activate off injured reserve star tight end Mark Andrews. Remember when he had that severe ankle injury in November? It was logical to think, okay, he's done. We're not going to see him. But three-time Pro Bowler, very curious to see what he has on the field this weekend. Baltimore defensive back Marlon Humphrey will reportedly play. He was questionable with a calf injury. For the Chiefs, wide receiver Kadarius Toney is out again with a That's hip a injury. For him. <laughs> Kansas City All-Pro guard Joe Tooney, though, is out after his pectoral muscle injury last weekend. And it looks like Isaiah Pacheco is going to play. The running back was questionable with ankle and toe injuries. He returned to limited practice a couple days ago. Pacheco on only 15 carries last weekend had 97 yards on the ground and the go-ahead TD early in the fourth quarter. People have talked about Patrick Mahomes not getting a start on the road in the postseason. He's won a ton of games on the road. 50 road games total, 39-11 and 11 is his record. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. By the way, I just saw a stat. Only 11 times in his career as a starter, I believe he's been an underdog, which is kind of an mm. insane stat in his own right. Uh, Fox Sports Radio Air Tours, Jason Barrett. When we come back, get back to the topic of the day, the NBA, plus picks for Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. 
Welcome in, everybody. Hour three, Torres and Martin, Fox Sports Radio. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. In just one moment. We will get to our official preview and picks of the NFC and AFC championship games on Sunday. Before we do, though, just very briefly want to go ahead and touch on uh, what was actually a a topical uh, news story out of the NFL. For people who missed it, we had what should have been on paper. We had a great late night game between the Lakers and, and Warriors that went to double overtime. But we had a what should have been a, a great early game, I think it was about a you know, four o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Eastern start, whatever, as the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers were traveling to face the reigning uh, NBA champions and the runners up for the well, the reigning the reigning NBA champion Denver Nuggets and the runner up for the MVP jo, uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, bring it up because uh, Joel Embiid, who scored seventy points in a game earlier this week, also played a few days ago against Indiana, was a late scratch for this game. He was not on the injury report. He did play. Uh, it was the fourth time in a row that in a trip to Denver, uh, in a trip to Denver, Joel Embiid did not play. Pat and Lorraine, why don't you go ahead and get the sound up from Denver here? Let me know when you have it. Um, but Jason, really quick, um, you know, we talked about. I'll tell you what. Before we get to it, Jason, this is how Denver fans responded to Joel Embiid late, just before the game starting, deciding not to play. For those who couldn't hear, they, the the Denver crowd serenaded Philadelphia with, quote, where's Embiid at? So, Jason, and, and you did a good job in hour one uh, explaining the, the circumstances. Joel Embiid did go through pregame warm-ups. It was the, the team physicians and the doctors that decided against playing him. But in a high-profile game, the NBA had a chance to uh, have a, a real special moment and instead no Joel Embiid, Jason. Problem is, it just feels very much like what we would come to expect from the NBA. I don't want to in any way insinuate that Embiid wasn't hurt. And if that guy is not right, and your medical staff that has better eyes than me sees something that you don't like, yeah, you better err on the side of caution on that because one regular season game and even the vitriol or the jeering or the mocking or whatever that you're going to get from it is not worth a potential championship season if you believe you're good enough to do that. And when you have the reigning MVP and you have a guy that scored 70 earlier in the week, those are aspirations that you should be able to entertain every year. So I'm going to throw that out there first. But the NBA with their load management over the years – and the just unfortunate percentage of big-time games that have been marred by equally big-time absences. To see this happen with these two guys particularly, where Embiid has only – he's been in, the, been in the league for, I'm not sure, about a decade, somewhere in there. He's only played 2014 NBA draft, as a matter of fact. So exactly okay, so yeah. Okay, so a decade. He's played in Denver twice. Wow. That's in his entire stat. career. 
and he hasn't played there in four years. And last year, we were on air during a Sixers-Nuggets game late in the season when MVP debate was hot and heavy, and then beat sat out and didn't play after playing 13 in a row going into that. And it wasn't off a of back-to-back. Well, here, he plays six in a row. Uh, he's missed 11 games out of 44 this year. He can only miss six more. He can't win the MVP award based on the rules. Good rule, by the way. But in this circumstance, it's just it's a bad look for an NBA that has a whole lot of these bad looks. And it could all be coincidence. And again, if he's hurt, I sure wouldn't play him. And I don't care what somebody like me, for example, would be saying on the air about that decision if I believed it was correct. This is just seemingly the only league where this happens, and it happens all the time, and you have national television, a league that is starving for television ratings, and you lose this marquee matchup that you've been advertising all week long as part of this rivalry triple header on ABC, and you can't bring it to the public. And they don't know about it until 30 minutes before tip. It's just, it's either the most unfortunate thing in the world or it's a real eye roll for a lot of people who didn't look into it to the degree that we have to find all the facts that I had to lay out. I had to search to get all of that information and I wanted to make sure it was out there so we were fair here. But here's the thing most people are not that informed and they're not looking around for that. They're just going to move on to something else, they're going to put on Oppenheimer. They're going to put on Barbie. They're going to put on something else, or they're going to go step outside or go play a video game or something like that and not watch your league. And that right there is a giant loss that, that this league can't sustain. Yeah, and, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, the It was a, the, the doctor's decision. But one, I will say, listen, I'm not trying to say that I know more than the doctors, but I do wonder – Four straight time in Denver, you know, the knee doesn't feel right. Is it maybe something at altitude that's whatever? But at the same time, what I would also say is this, is that Joel Embiid, if he wanted to go out there for 10 minutes and just, you know, give it a go, and if he wasn't 100%, he can always just say, you know, Nick Nurse, you know, maybe, maybe this is one where I just, uh, I'm, I'm not up for it, okay? Um, he could have done that. And and I do think and and maybe the, the the casual person will disagree. By the way, you're always welcome to tweet us at Aaron oh, underscore Torres at Jmart Radio because I am curious for other people's perspectives. I don't know if we're being too harsh, um, but I, I do think there's there's a pseudo obligation, right? What what's what's good for um, you know? It's just it's important for the league. It's important for the league in the high profile games, in the high profile moments to have their best players out there for any business to put its best foot forward at its most important times. And if this was December 11th, and if this was a Tuesday night where Philly just so happened to be in Denver, I wouldn't be as upset. But this is a national TV game. The first Saturday since August that we have not had any football on our airwaves The NBA has been waiting for this moment. The NBA specifically scheduled this game for this day to maximize this window to have the opportunity to get these two on this stage to give the NBA a bigger stage. That's where my frustration is, and that is where I do feel like these NBA players specifically, for whatever reason— I just don't think they understand their pseudo-obligation to the sport, to the betterment and the health of the sport. 
so that people tune into the marquee windows on Thursday night TNT and Friday night ESPN and Saturday night ABC. Like, it feels important. And if you can't walk and if you can't play, it's one thing. But again, you played on Wednesday or Thursday night against Indy. You scored 70 on Monday night. It's just, it's just, it's such a bad look, Jason. And, and, Hopefully he's okay, and maybe we're totally out of line, and maybe we learn something tomorrow or Sunday. But as Arnie Spanier always says, the show is tonight. We have to react to what we know right now in this moment, and I think it's a bad look for not only Philadelphia, not only Embiid, but the league as a whole. I mean, I think, again, being careful, we laid out the facts. We just told you exactly all the circumstances surrounding this. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt here because – one thing that I, I don't believe is he's trying to duck Nikola Jokic. Again, two weeks ago, he got the better of Jokic and reportedly after the game told Jokic, I'll see you in two weeks. Like, I can't wait to get to Denver to play you again. They're friends. They're, you know, the two best players in the world in a lot of people's eyes. And this was going to be a monumental clash. And that night, Embiid, I think, had 40 in the game. And they and they beat the beat the Nuggets by five or six. It's not like he's ducking him. I don't think he's afraid of Nikola Jokic. To your point about altitude, I will say this, okay? Even when the Nuggets are average, and this pretty much dates predates Nikola Jokic. If you go through the history books, I don't I don't know specifically, and I'm sure there've been off years where this wouldn't have been true, but in general, their home record is always good. The Nuggets are, are one of the better home court advantages in the league, and it's not because they are the best team oftentimes on the floor. It's because they are more used to the stamina required to play in altitude. You see teams go out and they're winded in the second quarter playing against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are still firing and going up and down the court because they're more used to it. They practice in it. That thin air changes things. We know uh, famously, for one example, I know Ryan Clark never went to Denver with the Steelers because he had sickle cell. And there have been other people that have had, you know, infectious illnesses where altitude could potentially bother that with conditions in their blood and things of that nature. Is it possible that altitude actually does tweak and mess with Embiid's knees, which are historically not very good, <laughs> dating back to Kansas? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that your point there, I know you just kind of made it in, in passing. I think that's worth exploring a little bit. Is there something about Denver, not Jokic and not the big bad Nuggets, that keeps him beat out because his body's kind of frail, which is its own problem if you're trying to win championships with that guy because the chances that you go to the NBA Finals and you have to match up with Jokic in Denver are pretty daggone good. That is a great call. I mean, what are you not going to play if, if you play him in the NBA Finals? So it's an interesting conversation. If you missed any of this, uh, make sure to go back and check out the podcast. Jason, really quick, we'd be remiss if we did not hit on just briefly, because especially since I know you're you're fired up about it, uh, the big coaching news of the week. Yeah, Adrian Griffin, what do you get, 44 games, something Didn't like that? Didn't get a lot. 31-13, I believe, was the record. It was the David Blatt experience. Well, David Blatt at least got one full year That's before he, he got canned with a great record in year two. Adrian Griffin out. Uh, consultant to the star. Th- that's the part, man. Like, we find out after the fact that Doc has been consulting yes. the Bucks. Woo! You talk about a guy just lurking in the weeds. I saw somebody uh, somebody tweet this out. It's like, Doc, Doc, when Doc does this after we find out that he's consulting, 
Sounds like he's the kind of guy that'll that'll go to your funeral and throw his arm around your wife and say, if there's anything I can do to help you, let oh, me know. Oh, man. I saw somebody tweet that. I can't take credit it's for a, it. It's a good line. I mean, all I'm saying is uh, that's some independent of is he the right guy, is he not? And I know you have strong opinions on it. We'll get to that momentarily. It's just kind of a sketchy look. And by the way, kind of screwed all his employers, too. I mean, I'll just say this really quick is I'm not um, – you know, taking up and feeling bad for uh, our, our our competitor that 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 broadcast the NBA Finals, but I think the insinuation of why they hired him was that they had a pretty good understanding that he would not be pursuing NBA opportunities, and frankly, what, that there, many of them would not be available to him. So it's just between the fact that a guy lost his job after forty something games. Uh, Doc kind of stabbed him in the back, kind of stabbed his previous employer in the back who he was doing media stuff with. Just a weird look all around. But but go ahead, Jason. The floor is yours. Well, I mean, to that point, they could have still hired him and they uh, could have been assured he would have been available in the conference finals and the NBA oh, finals because he doesn't fired. get teams there. <laughs> shots fired. I mean, so I, I like Doc Rivers, okay, before I bury him here for a second. But – I saw the report that he just man he, the the idea of going to win a championship and and the talent in Milwaukee's just it's just too enticing for Doc Rivers. Uh, just a, our competitor's website, Rivers lured to Bucks by shot at championship. Cool story, bro. Let me ask you this question: What was Philadelphia? With that guy that we just spent most of this segment talking about, you know, the reigning MVP, that guy, the guy that, and you had that guy, and you had other talent around him as well, and that one didn't work out. What was that stuff that happened in um, in L.A. with that Clippers franchise as well? Like, outside of the Boston team that won it all, how many times have you actually been part of something that's led to a championship? Not too much, right? Because that's why a lot of people said it's time to move on from you in Philadelphia. I don't think – look, I don't know about the Adrian Griffin thing. Clearly they weren't playing good defense, and if you kind of read into it, there were some issues. I imagine one of them was Giannis going to ownership and saying this ain't working, and that's probably enough behind the scenes. Maybe Dame uh, – there, there was clearly some problems there. It's not about them making a move. It's It's not about – them doing what they think is right for the team. It's just, what is the guarantee? Because I, I even heard, oh, Doc Rivers handles superstar egos very well. I'm like, cool. Can he win a championship with those egos? Or is he just going to get to the second round of the playoffs with those egos? Now, if he goes and wins the title, great. But I've seen a whole lot of evidence with him, with a whole lot of talent around him on the floor, not even get to conference finals, much less win multiple championships. So... Forgive me if I don't just say, man, what a Jim Harbaugh-like hire this was. Like, at this point, the Doc Rivers experiment is only he's going to get you in position, but then a lot of times it just doesn't seem like it works out for his teams now, does it? Yeah, I'm not as anti-Doc as everybody else, but, uh, you know, a couple things. One, it's weird because it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing is, uh, you know, I go back to last year. I, I can't help but remember uh, James Harden. I forget the exact stat line, but I think he was like 6 for 19 yeah. in Game 7. Uh, the year before that was when Ben Simmons kind of publicly melted down, or I guess it was two years before that when Ben Simmons publicly melted down. Both those years, uh, Philly had a 3-1 lead in both of those series. 
Uh, the Clippers really haven't done a ton since he left, but the counter to that is if something keeps happening over and over, such as blowing 3-1 series leads, um, you know, at some point it stops being a coincidence. So uh, some of it's on some of the players. Uh, I, like you said, I'm sure he is great with superstars. I also like. I also am like pretty surprised though. I I will say like when when he left Philly last year, I I did kind of wonder like, okay, is that kind of it for him as as an NBA head coach? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't. Uh, it it's one. I think the way in which he got the job is very interesting, and I don't think he significantly raises this team's ceiling in any way, shape, or form. So, um. Interesting, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not as uh, like I, I. I know you're fired up about what he's done and what he hasn't done. I know a lot of people are. I just. I don't think he really elevates them in any way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, were they a doc? Did they need Doc Rivers to win a championship? I don't think. They, I don't think so. I don't think he. I, I, as somebody who I can't sit here and say that I. I, I can you know break down Adrian Griffin's schemes and what was going right and what was going wrong. Um, I don't know, but I, I I'm with you. I don't think that Doc Rivers is the magic elixir that's going to put them over the top. Ironically, where he could face a, a, a Philadelphia who was just coaching, or of course a Boston who uh, who uh, he lost to in the playoffs last year. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin. We are broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. We are brought to you by Discover Insurance. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned double. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. When we come back, we will preview NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game picks as well. That's next. Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. 
Aaron Torres, Jason Martin broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios on the East Coast. It is officially Sunday. It is officially the day where we decide the NFC and AFC championship games and we figure out who is going to the Super Bowl. And so I'll tell you what. Lorena, why don't you give us a little music, put us in the mood. Pat, which game are we going to talk about first? Well, Aaron, we are going to be talking about the first game that's going to happen tomorrow on Sunday. It's going to be the AFC Championship game. We got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is the number one seed. They are indeed the home team. And I'll tell you what, it's it's going to be a close one, but the favorites here are a little beyond close. It's not quite close. It's Four and a half favorites. Baltimore has the edge. Home team reigns supreme yet again. Let's start with you, Aaron. What are you feeling? I'm excited about this one. It goes without saying. You know, it's interesting. I heard Chris and Rob during the break, the odd couple, talk about this is that, you know, we keep wanting, and, and Jason, you, you mentioned it earlier, is like we keep wanting somebody to be Patrick Mahomes' rival. Right now, there is no rival. And I will say, like, if, if Lamar can't do it tomorrow, then I do think we do have to start, like, just stop doing the rival conversation. I was, I was thinking about this during the game last week, is I remember watching The Last Dance, the documentary about Michael Jordan. And if you go back and watch it, it's really interesting because every guy of his era thought he was going to be the guy to knock him off. Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, Stockton and Malone. And none of them did. And so I think that's that's kind of where we are at right now this second with Patrick Mahomes. But with that said, I actually do like the, the the Baltimore Ravens to win this game. And it's not like, oh, I keep picking against this team or that team. It's just that I think the Baltimore defense is so good and they never get credit because all anybody wants to do is argue about Lamar. Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Why don't people like him? Why did he fall in the draft? Like, you go on and on. It's always about Lamar. But that defense is so elite. And I think, listen, Mahomes was very efficient last week. But it was really a lot on the defense that carried them in that game. And so it was it, it isn't Mahomes putting up 45 points a game like he was. And I just think this is Baltimore's time. They're at home, relatively well rested because they weren't really pushed that hard by Houston last week. I'll say Baltimore 28, KC 21. I'll say 24-17 final score. Baltimore wins, Chase. I'm with you. I think Baltimore wins it too. And you, you told me you were never early. picking against Mahomes again. No, I said I was foolish to do it. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it because fool once, fool twice, fool three times. I guess um, it's basically. And I agree with you. I think Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, has done a superb job, and he has just been able to outscheme everybody. Now, Spagnola's defense is a big piece of the athletic about how Spagnola continues to do this and his defense is peaking at the right time, this being Kansas City's defense. I think this game is going to be very similar to the Tampa Bay-Kansas City Super Bowl. And I kind of teased that earlier. In that, I don't trust Kansas City's offensive line right now. They have taken a bit of a step back. Now, they've played better this last few weeks. But this pass rush and the way that McDonald schemes the quarterback, Mahomes is not going to have time. If they can make him uncomfortable early, they can beat him. The Bucks did it to him. He ran, what was it, famously, like 298 yards in that game, and like 295 of it was east and west, not north and south. Yeah. 
that's what's going to be. He's going to be running for his life the whole game. And can Kelsey, can Rasheed Rice, can a few of these guys, can they get open enough for him and fast enough for him to get the football to them? It's not about his ability. It's about can he stay upright? Can that offensive line hold off Baltimore's defense? My answer to that is a no. That doesn't mean Lamar's not going to have a great game just like Tom Brady had a great game against him in the Super Bowl. But it was more about the defense that day. I think the the same thing holds true here. I think the defense just tortures Patrick Mahomes in the backfield all game long, and I have Baltimore winning the game 31-21. Very good. Tell you what, we'll come back and we'll discuss the late game as Detroit, America's team, travels to San Francisco. We'll preview the NFC Championship game next. Before we do, though, news desk. Final time this evening. Steve DeSager, what is trending? Well, the Atlanta Falcons have a new offensive coordinator. It's Zach Robinson from the Rams. Philadelphia interviewed Charger offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. He is expected to be hired there. The Eagles officially named Vic Fangio a veteran as their defensive coordinator. The Detroit Lions will not activate tight end Zach Ertz for tomorrow's NFC Championship game at San Francisco. He was just signed to their practice squad this week. Lions wide receiver Khalif Raymond is out again with his knee injury. Detroit guard Jonah Jackson out this weekend. He had a procedure on his knee. Tight end Sam Laporta practiced fully and center Frank Ragno of Detroit has no injury designation after practicing fully yesterday. As for the Chiefs at Ravens game, chance of rain in Baltimore, temperature in the 40s. That's the AFC Championship, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Tight end Mark Andrews of Baltimore was activated off IR yesterday. Defensive back Marlon Humphrey will reportedly play for Baltimore. Fox TV has the second game, Detroit at San Francisco Cisco, no rain in the Bay Area for the NFC Championship game. In the NBA, a classic at Golden State tonight. Lakers win in double overtime over the Warriors, 145-144 on two late free throws from LeBron James, who had a triple-double, including 20 rebounds, a career high. Steph Curry scored 46 points in the loss. San Antonio, up until last night's win, was 8-36 this year. They beat Portland last night and upset Minnesota tonight, 113-112. Sacramento got a win at Dallas, 120-115. Luka Doncic, who had 73 points last night at Atlanta, back home this evening had a triple-double in the loss, including 17 assists, but from three-point range, he was one of nine. Milwaukee won again, beating New Orleans 141-117. to Utah got a win at Charlotte. Brooklyn edged Houston. Clippers have won five straight. They won easily at Boston, 115-96 for the Celtics. Jason Tatum had 21 points, but the rest of the starters were 5 for 37 from the floor. Denver beat Philadelphia 111-105. Joel Embiid of the Sixers was out tonight with a sore knee, a late scratch. New York suffered an injury. Julius Randle, after a fall, left with a dislocated shoulder. Knicks have won six in a row. They sent Miami to a six straight loss, 125-109. And Washington had lost six straight, but got to play at Detroit today and beat them 118-104. The Detroit Pistons are 5-40 and this year. Meanwhile, in the NHL, Edmonton won its 16th game in a row, beating Nashville 4-1. The NHL record is 17 straight wins, but Edmonton is now off for a week and a half because of the All-Star break. Overtime victories for Dallas and Florida. Boston won again. Rangers won 7-2 at Ottawa. Tampa Bay 6-3 over New Jersey. 
Men's final at the Australian coming up in a couple hours. Number two seed on the ladies' side, Arena Sabalenka, won the title for the second straight year down under. In college hoops, number six, Kentucky, was a winner at Arkansas, 63-57. Iowa State beat number seven, Kansas. Mississippi State upset number eight, Auburn. Texas Tech won at Oklahoma, 85-84. Texas Tech, 5-1 and one in the Big 12 Conference. Duke with late free throws edge, Clemson, 72-71. Marquette ranked 14th, was only up by a point at the half, did beat Seton Hall 75-57 on FS1. TCU in triple overtime won 105-102 at 15th ranked Baylor. And in overtime, Wyoming beat Colorado State overtime. Utah State won at Boise State. Back to you. Thank you very much, Steve DeSager. DeSager, have a great evening. By the way, DeSager, I'll be in with you tomorrow. I'm filling in for uh, oh, that Willard. Is, I got a question about that because okay. the 49ers are playing. So, uh, Willard. Is he playing hooky? I don't know. I, is that the connection that he's not doing the show during? I would have thought like this would have been the least likely day of the calendar year that he would take <laughs> off. Unless he's not ready to handle the Brock Purdy takes that could be coming if uh, if it goes poorly. Well, so. let's just say when the 49ers were in the conference title game at the Rams a few short years ago, Kavita and Rich were just starting, and initially they were on Sundays, and of course one of the two of them is a massive Niners fan. It was almost impossible to do a show <laughs> while his team had a chance to go to the there Super Bowl. So maybe maybe it's a mental health day for Willard. He's going to hide out in a bunker. Maybe he's going to the game. Yeah, I well, don't know. Best of luck to him. All right. Thank you to Sager. Mm-hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Speaking of which, Pat. Lorena, give us a little music. And Pat, tell us a little bit about this game in the NFC that we need to know about, and uh, we'll get to it right now. Yeah, so the NFC Championship title game, that's going to be the last game we have going on at 3.30 Pacific time. It is the Detroit Lions, those gutty little Lions, going up against the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is the one seed and therefore is the home seed going in there. Uh, Playing off in San Francisco with that, and... It was a little bit closer with the Ravens and the Chiefs on the line. This one, not quite so close. In fact, they're having San Francisco, home team reigning supreme yet again, being home home favorites. Seven points is the differential here. Let's go with you, Mr. Jason Martin. What are we feeling? Oh, man. like The Lions are so fun to watch. And that was a great game of the Bucks. That was better than I thought it was going to be. All props to the Bucks for making it interesting as well. And the season that they had. And then you, the Lions have just been kind of inevitable. Um, and just finding their way. And now they're going on the road. And this is where the trick comes in. They Let's just go through their road record this year. Mm-hmm. They went to Kansas City in the opener and they won it by one. That was a game that Kelsey didn't play in, I believe. They went to Green Bay, and they won by 14. They went to Tampa Bay, and they won by 14. Then they got trounced by the Ravens on the road, which everybody did. They beat the Chargers on the road by three. They beat the Saints on the road by three. They lost at Chicago somehow. They lost at Dallas by a point. We all remember that. We were on the air. That's the only thing we talked about for three solid hours because of the way that game ended. So their road record's actually been pretty good. They've only lost five games this year. But, man, San Francisco's a different challenge, and they're going west coast after hearing their crowd cheering for them so loudly indoors and golf outdoors in this environment. And just this offense is not quite the same. They're coming in a little banged up. Raymond has been able to help them in the special teams in terms of their return game, and he's made a big play for them here and there. 
I think they're good enough to win this game. I don't think they're going to win this game. I just don't. The Niners are a more complete team, and they are ready for this challenge. I like them by two touchdowns. Two things. One, I think it's important to reiterate what you said. Last four road games, five road games at L.A. Chargers, basically a dome. It's sort of open air, but it's basically a dome. At New Orleans, that's a dome. At Chicago, that's definitely not a dome. And they lost. At Minnesota, at at Dallas. The only one that they lost convincingly, the only one they should have lost because they should have beaten the Cowboys, Yes, was the Bears in the cold weather. And so I, I do think like we all kind of agree that Jared Goff is not the same quarterback outdoors in the elements. Um, and so I, I don't understand why that's not more of a conversation. Now, as DeSager just said... There will not be any weather factors, but I also think in a weird way that favors San Francisco. You know, everyone's freaking out about Brock Purdy and what did he do the first three quarters, and obviously he rallied the team late. It was it was raining during that game, and yeah. so um, I, I just sit there, and, and when I think about this game, one thing that stands out, besides the stuff that we've talked about, besides all the matchups that you've heard all the guys and girls on this network talk about all week, is... I also think we also often become prisoners too much of the last thing that we just saw, and we want to tear apart the San Francisco 49. Oh my goodness, that didn't look good. Brock Purdy can't do it. And then, oh, by the way, uh, the Detroit Lions looked unbeatable, but let's be honest about who the Lions have played. The Rams game could have gone either way. Tampa, great. Tampa, how about this? Better story than team. Um, Sure. Worst division. And that Philadelphia team had obviously quit that Tampa beat a week before they played Detroit. So I just look at this, and and, and I, I think, like you said, I think Detroit's a great story. I do think San Francisco wins this game. I would not bet it. I don't feel comfortable with the touchdown. Uh, but I'll say 27-20, I'll say 27-20, so right around that number. Um, but I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to the San Francisco 49ers' struggles and a little bit of an overreaction to the Detroit Lions beating a bad Tampa Bay team. Also, Debo's going to play. Yep. That's, that's important. That's a big yep. deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not much to – I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think we're, we're both on the same page. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be an amazing thing to see the Lions yeah. go all the way to the Super Bowl this year. It'd be an incredible story. I just think they're going to come up a little bit short against the team that in the preseason I predicted to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Tell you what, Jason, we'll come back. We'll wrap the show. A couple more items we have not gotten to yet. We'll discuss it all next. Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. This is the final segment of our show. We're taking you up until 2 a.m. Eastern time. After us, Bernie Fratto of the Bernie Fratto Show will follow. Make sure to follow Bernie. Bernie's got all sorts of good stuff. If you missed anything, make sure to download the podcast. We talked about everything. We talked about the Joel Embiid news of the night. We obviously previewed the NFC and AFC championship games, made our picks, talked Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, and much, much, much more. Jason, one segment left. Real quick, um, so I'm not a uh, wrestling guy, mm-hmm. but I'm smart enough to know that a lot of people care. We saw the news this week. What is it? $500 million a year or something? 500 I don't know. Some some crazy amount to go to Netflix yep. uh, for Monday Night Raw. Did anything of note happen at Royal Rumble that the world should know about tonight? Well, I'm not going to spoil it for the people oh, that have okay, seen okay, it, so okay. I'm not going to give away the results of the actual matches themselves. It was a long show for a four-match card. For it to go nearly four hours because you had two Rumble matches that were going to take up an hour apiece, a very long title match that had four four components but also had a bunch of entrances, and then you had a Logan Paul match on top of that, and then the usual stuff between matches. It felt like a very long show. I don't know how newsworthy it was coming out. Unfortunately for WWE, they needed something to change what was being talked about in the headlines. The Netflix story was one thing, but the stuff that happened with Vince yeah, the week was yeah, a completely yeah. different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to see any of that. Or, uh, we were on air as the, the post-press conference was starting. I'm sure there's no comment there. I wonder how it was asked or how that topic was broached. But you wanted, if you were WWE and you had anything that you could pull out and, and try to change what was being talked about, I don't know that you got that out of this show, but this is usually where the casual fans come back. I'll make one quick point about the Netflix acquisition that I think is worthy. The sports-watching audience, the ones that sit down and watch sports, generally if you look at the prime audience, I think the Sager could probably back this up, is usually in the 50s, like the age group, is like the primary audience. Wrestling, it's even older. The pro wrestling audience is mid to late 50s, I think even early 60s. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of kids watching, but it means that the prime audience, the biggest demographic, is a certain age group. That age group that is, you know, bordering on being a senior citizen, maybe nearing retirement, certainly with maybe even grandchildren, but certainly older children, a lot of life experience, all this. They are not the, the, the prime audience for streaming services. 
So to take your flagship off of a cable network that they've gotten used to watching for decades and putting it on a streaming service that, look, it's a brilliant move by Netflix because the one thing that streaming services need to find a way to do if they want to maximize profit, Aaron, is convince people to keep them year-round as Great opposed call. to call. go join Max when the new season of House of the Dragon starts. Or, or for get me when Peacock the for one right. NFL game. Exactly. Something like that. You want to be the service that's indispensable all the time. And since Raw doesn't have an off-season, you now have a 52-week-a-year product. So it's no longer a season of House of Cards or Stranger Things or something like that. It's if you want to watch Raw, you must have Netflix at all times. That is a brilliant marketing strategy. I am curious to see how much of the WWE audience from that older demographic that I've been that I've been referencing follows them to streaming or doesn't know what to do and then just watches the SmackDown product that that is going to replace and be on USA Weekly but then Raw changes completely because of where it's located I'm going to be fascinated to see how that plays out Yeah yeah I um I have no super strong opinions about it, but I, I do obviously look, you know, this is our industry. Um, I am curious as to what the trickle down effects are. I didn't realize the audience was that old, to be honest, for WWE. Uh, I assumed it was much younger, but but I get it that, you know, there's an audience that's probably been with them since, you know, the Hulk Hogan, uh, uh, Andre the Giant days, all that. Uh, really quick, we, we only got a minute on this, but did you see Kevin Durant this week? whining that he is surprised that he is not in the GOAT conversation. That one cracked me up, but I'm curious for your thoughts on that. Well, I'm actually was going to send you a message and say, man, did you see Durant talking about the 70 that Embiid scored? He did, he and seemed very impressed, yes. It was all, But it was a great answer. Like what he was talking about, the skill level of the league and things like that, it was tremendous. Um, I was really impressed with Durant in that moment. Like you could see his basketball IQ, how much he cared about the game, how much he loves basketball, all of that. Like I loved it. And then there's that. No, dog. That's going to be a no for me too, dog. Like I <laughs> as from a skill standpoint, you're about as good as it gets. No question about it. But all the moves that you have made and the things that have happened especially since you left Golden State, that's just not a conversation you can be in with guys that have been doing it in a completely different way and have won where they were originally drafted. Whether you want to talk about Michael, whether you want to talk about LeBron James, Either way, those two guys won for the franchises that drafted him. Yes, LeBron had to come back, but he ended up doing it. Kobe was traded the night he was drafted. He ended up winning multiple championships. I'm sorry, it's just a different narrative and too many lean years for Kevin Durant in the postseason. So I agree with you, and I think we've just completely, like, misconstrued what the goat conversation is like and by the way and i think this is something kevin durant misses is that um it's not the most skilled of all time it's not the most talented i mean you could argue he's maybe the most talented he's he's he's, there's not many better that's for sure goat is great and greatness constitutes many different things it includes you know we know what it includes but not just skill set rising to the occasion, big moments, championships, playoffs, is that, and he certainly had his moments, uh, but no, he is not in the GOAT conversation. I think right now it's it's uh, two guys, really, you know, maybe three or four if you want to include Kareem or Bill Russell, 
But, uh, Katie, you are not there, my friend. Anyway, we got to get out of here. I want to thank the crew, Lorraine, uh, producer Pat, Steve DeSager. Make sure to download the podcast for my partner, Jason Martin. I'm Aaron Torres. Bernie Frado next. Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.